0: From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey! welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. By popular demand, we're doing a re-release of one of our favorite episodes from a year ago. But before we get into it, if you like what you hear today, please subscribe to Film Forward for weekly episodes. Not only do we interview filmmakers with new releases, we also do our patented Gimme Three episodes. And starting on July 12th, we will begin highlighting the filmmakers from this year's Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. So lots coming up, lots in our archives. So be sure to subscribe, like, comment, show us some love. We'll show you some love back. But as I mentioned, it was a pinch over a year ago. When we sat down with our friend Melissa Barrera to discuss her show Vida and also what we were hoping would be a quick release of her film In the Heights. Of course, the pandemic kept us locked up longer than we had hoped. But if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, In the Heights is finally out. It was well worth the wait. It's absolutely incredible. You guys have to see it. It's in theaters now. So go see it on the big screen. See it, hear it, feel it in an auditorium with an audience. You won't be disappointed. So in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this episode from last year. Melissa Beretta talking about In the Heights and the show Vida, which uh, the full series is available on Stars Now. Enjoy. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody. We couldn't be more excited about today's guest. She is the co-star of one of the best shows on television today, Vida. She will also be starring in the film In the Heights that will be coming out later this year. Our guest is none other than Melissa Pereira. Melissa, how are you doing
1: today? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your show, on your podcast. This is awesome.
0: Thanks for making it, you know, from the comfort of your living room or bedroom, wherever you are.
1: (laughs) Honestly, yes, I'm in my living room and this is kind of amazing. I'm like laying down. This is the chillest podcast I've ever recorded.
0: That's what we aim for. We aim for <laughs> have our guests chill out. Yeah. How are you holding up with the whole quarantine thing? And you're in Mexico, right?
1: Yes. Yes, I am in Mexico. I, I came out here before things got bad. Like I could see the lockdown kind of happening and I was like, I don't want to be locked in my apartment by myself in LA away from my husband and my family. So I right. came down here and I'm glad I did because this looks like it's going to be a while. And at least here I have my dogs and my husband and I'm close to, to people and I have my my house. So at least I'm not like by myself.
0: Yeah, no, you made the right call because yeah. uh we'll probably be here for a while. I think <laughs> I think we're gonna be in our apartments for another couple months. Yo, no,
1: seriously, I was I was looking at a chart about like the prognosis of like each country when the quarantine is gonna end. Mm-hmm. And it's not looking good, guys. Yeah. It's not looking good. So I think it's it's better for all of us if we think that it's not until 2021 that things are going to get back to normal. Right. That way, if they do before, like some people are thinking fall, but like if you, if you shoot for 2021, then at least it'll be a nice surprise if yeah. we get to like come out before that. Exactly.
0: Why don't they just say next year is like 2020? Forget, you know, we'll just spend the rest <laughs> of this year doing whatever. And then we'll yeah. just call next year a do-over. It's 2020.
1: Yo, I, I agree. I 100% <laughs> think it should be 2020.2. 2. Yeah, it's like this is this is crazy.
0: But there are some bright sides to the quarantining, one of which is if you guys haven't seen it, if our listeners have not seen it, you guys can check out the amazing show Vida, which is about to kick off its third and final season. Is this going to be the final
1: season? Yes, it is the final season. Oh, my gosh. You know, keep it short and sweet.
0: That's right. Well, that's that's smart. It's better to, you know, have three incredible seasons than do what a lot of shows do is have three or four incredible seasons and then three or four not-so-incredible seasons.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a bittersweet feeling because Uh we do... All feel like there was more story to tell, but you know what? Everything. I believe that everything just is perfect, and that every, everything happens as it should. So I do feel proud of the three seasons that we that we got to make. The third season will air on the app or in in the channel April twenty sixth, Sunday April twenty sixth. So right now, actually, if you go on the Stars app, you can watch the entire first season for free, which Boom. is a kind of cool virtual gift that Stars did for everyone that's in quarantine right
0: now. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. We'll
0: put a link to that on the podcast. That's great. Yeah, I really love this show. I think it's, I think it is my favorite show on television right now. And I'm, I'm oh. not just saying that because we're home, you know, having grown up like in LA and Southern California, this show like really hits the nail on the head of what it's like to be, uh, you know, a Mexican American and see your neighborhood gentrified and dealing with a whole bunch of other, you know, family issues. it really, it really, speaks volumes and speaks to me as a and I know it speaks to a bunch of other people because you guys have a pretty devout following
1: yeah we're lucky that our fan base like the people that watch the show really love it and connect with it and I think that's the point. I think that's at least that's the point of the projects that I choose that I take on and that I the stories that I want to tell I want them to be meaningful and I want them to be a reflection of the real world and in this case, with Vida, it, it, I think it's the first time in like prime cable that you see a show that's like an all Latinx cast Uh and it's, and it's created by a Latina written by an all Latinx writers room. And you can, and you can feel the freshness of that, like the different point of view and the different kind of storytelling, because it's the first time that we as Latinos kind of get to steer the boat yes. and tell it in the most authentic and honest way because it's our experience, which is to me, the way that all shows should be, you know, mm-hmm. like the people that know what the story is and that have similar experiences should be the ones telling it, writing it and, and acting it, you know, absolutely. I feel very blessed to have like come into the United States when I did in time for this show and to be a part of it because it definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things because being Mexican, born in Mexico, living in Mexico, I didn't I didn't feel the way that like Mexican Americans do growing up. Mm-hmm. I never felt like an other in Mexico because I was one Mexican among Mexicans. And coming into the United States and being on a show like Vida, I understood what it's like. And you know, the the capacity that I can without having the experience of having grown up as a Mexican-American, but I understood the identity crisis that that means for someone. Yeah, Like always feeling like you're not American enough, but you're also not Mexican enough because you're in a limbo of sorts. And I think that's what the show does really well. Showcasing that experience in like the spectrum of many different characters.
0: Yeah. Many different characters and many different kinds of experiences, which is what I love so much about the show. As you know, in America, when there's shows with Mexican-American characters, they are always like one type. And this show explores all the different types because, you know, we don't all have the same experience. Certain abuelos have different mindsets. You know, some are more traditional. Some are more, you know... Americanized so it's it's you really understand the uh, the melting pot of culture within a culture and I think the show portrays that beautifully
1: yeah it goes into a lot of different things about the Latinx community a lot of different issues within the community like the generational gaps the way that like millennials and Gen X's and like the younger people live differently and have assimilated more, to the dominant culture than like maybe older generations that are trying to preserve the language and the rituals and the traditions and everything. So it's just mm. fascinating to get to see that on television, but also in a show that yes, it's colored and sewn in a way that's very Latinx, but it's a universal story. It's an immigrant story. It's a story that everyone can relate to, whether you're right. Latinx or not. Right. That's the beauty of it. The, in the specificity, you find the universal messages.
0: Absolutely. For those who have not seen it, can you give uh, the audience just a little brief description of what the show is about and who you play in the show, Lynn?
1: Yeah, of course. Vida means life in Spanish. That's the title of our show. And it's also the name of a character in the, in the show. the mother that passes away at the beginning. So the show begins with two sisters, two second-generation Mexican-American sisters that grew up in East LA. I play the younger of the sisters, Lynn, and they have to return to LA when their mom passes away. Vida, Vidalia is her name. And basically these two sisters are polar opposites. Uh, Emma, the older one, is a very career-oriented woman. She's queer. And she kind of ran away from home to make something for herself, and she's she's a self made woman. She is very successful and pretty much a by the book type A kind of person. And Lynn, the character that I play, is a a party girl that kind of goes with the flow and has different phases of her life. Pretty much very immature when you meet her, uh, living off of her boyfriends and just like refusing to work and you know, all the all women can relate to being that woman at some point in our lives. I know I, I was like that when I was in college and high school. So they come back home and they discover that their mom was actually married to a woman and hadn't told them. And that the revelation of that secret shocks them and now they have to share the inheritance with the wife. And it basically unravels a series of events, and and the drama about coming back home and not being welcome, and feeling like intruders in their own home, and the community that kind of like moved on without them now sees them as outsiders and lots of drama, but like lots of comedy too. And it's a very sexy show. And there's, you know, all the drama of like the old flames that come back into their lives. And basically it's just a story of like family and, and how messy it can be when you're like linked by blood, but in reality you're strangers and you have to kind of learn to relearn to get along if you want the family to like succeed. And we're in the third season now. So that's, That's how you meet them. If you haven't seen it, you have a lot of catching up to do. There's a lot that happens in seasons one and two and season season three is coming up and it's going to be the most colorful. There's a lot of like big events that happen in season three. And uh, it's very funny. I think it's the funniest season yet. Nice. And it's yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting.
0: There's no drama like family drama. Right. That is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> What's really fun for me, you know, seeing you play Lynn, it's funny you said that we worked together, you and I last, last year for a couple months and watching you play Lynn after that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so not Melissa, <laughs> uh, like hats off to for an incredible performance. Cause like, you know, I know you, is like super independent, very mature, badass, like down for anything, really a, like incredible hard worker, which is you know, at least in the first two seasons, not Lynn. Um, So how did you kind of start to tackle this character when, uh, you know, when you were given this role and, you know, what's it like playing a character like that for multiple years now?
1: It's super fun. I, I love playing such a flawed woman. Lynn on paper is very unlikable. And I think there's I love a challenge of seeing a, a, a character that on paper feels so unlikable and like trying to make them likable for the audience. Mm-hmm. And Lynn just felt so close to me in so many ways because I know a lot of women that are like Lynn and I grew up with a lot of women that are like Lynn. I, I
0: know a lot of guys was, who are like Lynn, too. <laughs> right? Well, you know,
1: it's a very, you know, it's a very, I feel like she's very relatable. Yeah. And it yeah. just didn't feel too hard. You know, it, I always, when I'm creating a character, I always first find what we have in common. So mm-hmm. I am the oldest sister of four, all girls. So I know the sister relationship. I know the sister dynamic. But I've always been the older sister. So it was super exciting for me to get to explore being the youngest sister and so me having three younger sisters I immediately started like drawing from their personalities first and then I went back to like my college years and I and I started remembering what I was like then and and honestly it, it like it kind of made me feel a little disgusted with myself during that
0: exploration. <laughs> honestly. Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: Honestly, because I was I just think back on like my college years and I'm like, how did my mom not just like disconnect her phone and like move to another <laughs> country and just like, you know, like how does she still love me after how I was in college. <laughs> just like you know taking everything for granted uh, living in New York like just spending using her credit card every day I would like eat out. I would go shopping whenever I wanted. I was not not taking school seriously at all. I was partying all the time and I was just like and I look and I when I went back on my phone like on my archives and I looked at like videos that I had recorded of my phone when I moved into my apartment and just listening To myself speak, I was like gagging. I was like, How was I a real human being? This is gross. So, you know, I had been Lynn at one point. Right. And I just like went right back to that. And then, you know, we have such great writers on the show. The show is so well written that that also makes it easier on the actors. You kind of have all the material right in front of you, yeah. and you know it's just easy to fill in the the little holes in the character with other things that you that you want to do to enrich the character. But when you have such good writing, it's it really makes our jobs easy.
0: The writing is really good, and they yeah. they have written these. Uh, you you said it yourself. Like the Lynn is not the only character who's got a lot of flaws. You know, a lot of the character main characters have a lot of flaws, but you fall in love with all of them. Yeah, and including you know I. In love with Lynn just because, like, you know, as irresponsible as she can be, she's such an optimist. You know, she sees she you yeah. know, she's she's got a lot of love in her heart and she's got good intentions. She's just
1: Yeah, she just never knew, was never taught, and she never gave herself the opportunity to find a purpose in life. You know, when someone from a very young age is told that their value is Bec- is due to like one trait that they have. And, you know, this happens a lot to women. We're, we're taught that we need to be polite, that we need to not be too loud, that we need to look pretty, that we need to like put makeup on and like uh, dress nicely. And, you know, all these things that like kind of like put us in a box. And, and Lynn was always told that her biggest asset was her, you know, her looks and that that was the way that she was going to get through life just by like being pretty. And when someone tells you something repeatedly, you start to believe it. So that was a thing that like one of the biggest issues that Lynn had to deal with in seasons one and two, even season three, um, because she kind of like falls back. She takes like 10 steps forward in seasons one and two. And then in season three, she kind of takes five steps back because it's hard to fall out of patterns. It's mm-hmm. hard to break out of like a way that you've been living your life, you know, for 26, 27 years. So, that's what that's what I think makes Lynn so relatable and and lovable because everyone can relate to to that, to being told that you have to live your life a certain way otherwise or that you're not smart enough or that you're not good at that, you should stick to that. And it's hard when you don't have the support of people telling you, like, no, you can actually do this, or you are good enough, or you are smart enough. So that's uh, the whole, that's Lynn's journey that she has to like discover. She has to like discover that she's actually good at other things, that she doesn't have to rely on her looks to be in a relationship and to survive and to, you know, get credit cards from the man that she's currently with to live, that she actually has other strengths that she can use.
0: Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about the, you know, working on a show for three plus years as you have with this one. Can you talk to the audience a little bit about, you know, creating a family and what that's like for people who we say haven't done a feature or haven't done a show before? You know, what's the family dynamic that's created like on set with your cast, with your crew, with your writers?
1: You know, I think everything always trickles down from the top. I think you need to have good leadership and, good people at the top of any project for that to happen on vida and in the heights we we became so close like these these people that the cast and the crew and the producers and everyone that was involved has become like my second family because that was a I think that was the intent from the people at the top from the beginning because it doesn't happen all the time. It does. It hasn't happened to me in all the projects that I do because I feel like a lot of it relies on the heads. Right. And if you have if you have good people at the top and and they have that like instinct of we're all in this together. It's teamwork. It's collaboration. And they make you feel like this is yours too. Mm-hmm. You're not an employee. You are creating this. Like you are as valuable a piece to this puzzle as everyone else and that just creates an environment that feels like you're not working like you're you're lucky enough to get to Go and play and have fun every day, and like get paid for it, and tell a story and create magic together.
0: And it motivates you to put your best foot forward every single day. Also, when you're on a when you're on a set like that,
1: yeah, it it really does. I I feel very lucky because when I moved to L. A., Vida was the, my first job, and the people on that show that I've gotten to know and love and admire and work with for the past three years are like my closest friends now. They like went to my wedding, <laughs> you know. They're they're my family forever. And now that the show is about to end, we still are very aware that that this is not the end for us. You know, like we we talk every day. We have like house parties on on the app and and have like FaceTime chats with all of us because it's a beautiful thing when when you make connections with people that you shared such a such a like a beautiful experience with because no one else knows what that was like, but you, Mm -hmm. so it's like your, your, it's like your little secret that just like is a, is a huge connection that, that is there forever.
0: Absolutely. But
1: everyone has to want to be a family. You know, I worked a lot in Mexico and in, in soap operas and in TV shows and movies. And I never had anything like this. I had things and I still like my friend, my closest friends in Mexico are my theater friends are the people that I, I did theater with. And, and I don't know why that is. It just so happened that those are the people maybe because we spent a lot of time together rehearsing. We had long runs. I don't know what it is, but you kind of choose the family. absolutely, And you also you also have to be lucky to get to work with nice people, good people. Because, you know, not everyone is good people in this industry. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely
0: not. But it's, it seems like everybody is on that show. And I'll tell you, it shows up on screen. You oh, can really, nice. um, you know, you could really feel, feel the love and you could feel the collaboration and the artistic integrity with each episode that you watch. So, you know, congrats to you and the entire team on creating a very special series. Season three premiere of Vida is Sunday, April 26th on Stars. As Melissa mentioned, if you sign up for Stars right now, you can catch season one for free. Season one and two are there right now, and the show is bingeable as hell. And I know all you got nothing to do, you're sitting at home, so (laughs) check it out. All right, we'll be right back with more with Melissa Barrera talking about In the Heights. Stay tuned. More to come on Film Forward. We'd like to take a minute and give a very special thanks to our new sponsor, E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a company of entertainment lawyers who are dedicated to giving a platform to underrepresented voices by helping filmmakers form companies and other necessary legal entities. They're sponsoring a new award with LADFF called the Emerging Filmmaker Award and giving their services for free to the lucky winners. You can find out more about them by going to LADFF.com and clicking on the E-Minutes link. Hey, hey, welcome back to Film Forward. We are chatting with actor Melissa Barrera, star of Vida and the upcoming film In the Heights. And if y'all haven't seen the trailer for In the Heights, you need to watch it immediately after this podcast. The trailer is enough to get you out of your seats. You're going to be dancing on your couch and on your coffee table. The movie originally had a June 26th release date, which is now being pushed due to, uh, you know, hashtag COVID life. But we will have it on a big screen this year. This movie looks fucking awesome, Melissa. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) I'm so excited for the movie that it exists, period. And like seeing you in the trailer, just like, oh, it's awesome. It's just cool to see a buddy up there kicking ass in this epic.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited for it too. I don't know if like y'all are excited or if like we, the cast are more excited about it because we like just, we are not over it still. Like it was such a magical, it was such a magical summer that we spent shooting that in New York that it felt like, it felt like a dream. And we were all still kind of like... We're happy that we... You know, because a movie got pushed, we have a little bit more time with it. You know, it just feels like at least it's not going to be over so soon. Right. But, um, but we're excited for it to to be out there and for people to be able to see it. We don't have a date yet. I think they're just like waiting to see when exactly this is all going to be over. Because, yeah, because which is smart. Yeah, because this is for sure a movie that is meant for the big screen. Like it's Absolutely. not a streamer. It's a, it's a movie that, that we want like... The community to go and watch together. That that you should go watch with your family and like it's a repeater. If you yeah. ask me, like it's the kind of movie that you're gonna be like, oh my god, I want to go watch it again. I think this movie is gonna be exactly what the world needs once this is all over.
0: Yeah, something fun, something with a lot of love, and yeah. uh, something that's gonna get everybody's asses shaking. Yeah. If we can, let's go back, take us to like the beginning when you booked this film, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda produced based off of his play, like yeah. uh, just a huge, a huge project. What's going through your head when, when you nailed this?
1: Honestly, I think I like blacked out for a second. Once I, when I got that call, it was so, I couldn't tell if I was dreaming or if it was real life. He called me. So it, he FaceTimed me Whoa, to tell no me. Whoa, no way. Yeah, he, he FaceTimed me to tell me the news, and I was just so shocked when he popped up on my screen that I, I think I, I, that like this happened, you know, I couldn't, I was like, what, like what's happening. It was a long process, a long audition process. Like from the time that I sent my first self tape in, in August of 2017 to when I got, I booked the role in January of 2019, it was like almost a year and a half. So it was a, it was a long process A lot of waiting and like not knowing and thinking that like, they're not going to call me again. And then they did. And they switched me from one role to another. They couldn't place me. They were like, let's try her in this role. And let's try her in this role. And I was just like freaking out because I didn't think that that was a good sign at all. I was like, they can't see me clearly in anything like that. That's not good. And then, yeah. And then it just, it happened and it's, and it's so crazy because I must've seen the show on Broadway between 10 and 15 times like it was just one of my favorites it was a it was the one show on broadway that i saw that i could clearly see myself in that i was mm. like oh i can be in this like i can play a role on this show tomorrow and right. and it just felt like a no brainer and i was so proud and i would take anyone that came to visit me in new york while i was in college I would take them to see In the Heights. Like when I, when the announcement came out, all my friends started texting me like, oh my God, you took me, you took me, you took me. I was like, oh my God, I did take everyone to see this show. (laughs) Well, Um, now you got
0: to take everybody to go see the movie also. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's exciting. It feels like the most full circle thing that's ever happened to me.
0: Like you said earlier, you know, and obviously it all comes from your hard work and your persistence and, and all that stuff. But as you mentioned earlier, it's like everything happens... You know, for a reason. Sometimes, especially in this industry, it really does feel that way because I mean this movie had a crazy story, you know, even before you sent in your tape in twenty seventeen. Like it was gonna be made whatever, six or seven years ago. Yeah. And then it got shelved and, you know, it moved production companies a couple of times and it's just, you know, had a crazy story and a crazy life of its own. And You know, glad, glad it did. And now it's, and if it hadn't, you know, if it would have been made eight years ago, you...
1: I wouldn't have been in it. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. It's crazy. Everything just like, everything works out perfectly. Everything is is as it should be in this universe and in the industry.
0: Yeah, if you work your ass off like you have. Yeah,
1: if you, yeah, you have to work, obviously. You have to work really hard. You have to prepare yourself and you have to be ready for when the opportunities knock on your door. Because Mm -hmm. it is, it wouldn't be fair to say that it's not a little bit of good luck.
0: Oh, for sure it is, yeah. Because
1: there is a little bit of that. But then it's not all luck because you have to be ready for, for when those opportunities come knocking and you have to like be sure enough that you can walk through that door and like make an impression and nail whatever it is that you want. And I had been, you know, since I was in high school, I would, I've been manifesting the things that I want in life with my career because my mom always taught me to, if like, if you want something, like ask for it. It's this, this saying, Al que, el que no habla, Dios no lo oye. Like, if you don't mm-hmm. speak, God won't listen to you, right. won't hear you, or like the universe or whatever you believe in, you know, like the higher power. They, like, if you don't tell the universe what you want, it's not gonna know. And I believe in that fully because my entire life has worked like that. My entire career has worked like that. I've always kind of been lucky enough to leap instead of walk because I'm, yes, very, I'm very impatient and I'm very uh, stubborn. <laughs> and I also just like want, I'm very hungry all the time. Like I just want, I'm always looking for what's next. And sometimes that can be a bad thing, but up until now it's worked out for me because a lot of people have always have told me like, oh, there's no way that you're going to get that. And then maybe it's also a thing that I like proving people wrong. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but a lot of things that like motivate me have, have led me to make the calls and take the risks that I have in my life that have led me to the best opportunities in my life. So I, I used to pray to be Vanessa and in the Heights when I was in high school. And when I was in college and I, I wasn't allowed in the first year of college, I wasn't allowed to audition for any of like the in-house productions. I would go and audition for the Broadway open calls the non-equity open calls, because obviously I was not equity. And I would go to the, in the Heights open calls all the time. Like every time that they had one, I would be there and I would be there at like 6 a.m., as soon as the doors opened, I would like write myself on the list, be there with like 200, 300 other girls, sing eight bars, which is like maybe 15 seconds of a song or less. And that was it. And, and I would like wait to get a call back one day and like, hopefully, you know, get further in the process or get to be on Broadway or get to be in a regional production. And it never happened. And then I forgot about it. And I just like went on living my life. I moved to Mexico City. I started working there. Three years ago, I decided to move out here to LA, not here because I'm in Mexico right now, but like to LA. Yeah, And it was at that exact moment that they were holding auditions for in the Heights for the movie. And if I had not been in the United States, I would not have auditioned for it. I know that for a fact, like I wouldn't have even considered the possibility, but because I was already I had made the leap to LA, I had agents, I had a team that I could be like, Hey, can you get me an audition for that movie? And they were like, but do you sing? And I was like, yes, I sing. They're like, but no, but like, really, do you like sing, sing? And I was like, yes, (laughs) I went to school for musical theater. Yes, I can sing. Can you please just like get me an audition? And they couldn't because, you know, I, I didn't have any credits. Right. So that was even before I shot the first season of Vida. So I just got a self-tape request and I had to send a video. And that was like, you know, how it started. But like, yeah. it, it's crazy how things work out.
0: It's, it's just an amazing, amazing story. The One of the first like celebrities I ever met, this was like before I worked in the industry, I was in high school, was Harry Shear, who's, you know, a writer. And, you know, he does like a bunch of voices on The Simpsons and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not Jewish, but I like snuck into a synagogue to like watch him speak and I got his autograph after and I said, (laughs) Mr. Shear, do you have any advice for, you know, an aspiring filmmaker, writer? And his advice that he gave me has been the most truthful advice that anybody has ever told me since this was... Uh, I don't know, like 15, 16 years ago, he said, talent is good, luck is better, and nothing beats sheer brute persistence. Mm-hmm. And that those are the most true words anybody has ever said to me about working in this industry. And your story is uh, the exemplification of that.
1: Yeah, I, my roommate from New York that also was my roommate in LA, Rena, she's also an actress. And she said something to me along those lines once because she attended this workshop, masterclass kind of thing in New York uh, with some Broadway actors. And this actor told her that the only reason that he had booked a role on Broadway was because he showed up because he's an African-American man. They were not looking for an African-American man. And they told him like, they don't want to see you because they're not looking for your type. But he was like, I'm going to go anyway. right? And he went and he booked it. So a lot of the times people are going to tell you you're not right for something or that you shouldn't send that email or that you shouldn't knock on that door. But honestly, I say if you feel it in your gut, just go for it.
0: Go for it. The worst that happens is you get a no, which is like you're going to get a bunch of those anyway. No,
1: but you already have it. Like If you don't even try, you already have the no. Why don't you look for the yes? That's what my mom always says to me. She's like, you already have the no. Go for the
0: yes. Your mom is a smart woman. She is. She
1: <laughs> really is.
0: Let's talk about I mean, just from the trailer alone, there's some you could see some epic dance sequences. Can you talk to us a little bit about the choreography process? Like what was your guys' rehearsal process like for these dance numbers?
1: Oh my god, it was <sighs> It was intense. There are a lot of big dance numbers in the movie and it was it was hard. It was 10 weeks of rehearsal and within those 10 weeks we, you know, divided between numbers and some of them were like singing and the pre-records in the studio and all that but like I think for for the big salsa number that's the club, which is the the number that I had to dance in, I was having panic attacks every day because <laughs> it was so hard. No, I swear. I was I was actually shocked because for the audition process, they never auditioned us for dance. Interesting. It wasn't a part of the audition process at all. So when I saw how much dance was actually gonna be a part of the movie, I was like, how I was I was shocked because I was like, what if what if I have two left feet? Like, what if I just can't move? And you cast me as this girl that's supposed to be the best salsa dancer in the club. And I w- and that pressure, like, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I'm a perfectionist and because I'm an overachiever. And just my mom made me that way <laughs> because I've always been that way in school, everything. And that sometimes can, like, fuck you up because I was exerting so much pressure on myself to learn this number, which is so hard because it's partner dancing and it's super fast and it's New York salsa. And it's like a hundred dancers on the dance floor. I have the best salsa dancers in all of the United States beside me. And I have to look like I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and it was just, it was just horrible. Like I, at one point I like went into the bathroom and I cried for 15 minutes in the middle of a rehearsal. Cause I was like, I'm not going to get this. And that felt like a failure to me I didn't want to let anyone down. I didn't want to let the choreographers down. I didn't want to let the director down. I didn't want to let the producers down, like Lynn, like everyone. I was just like, what are they going to say when I can't do this? Are they going to like have to use a a body double? Like, or are they going to have to like make the choreography easier because I can't do it? Like all of that, all of those scenarios just like created so much anxiety that I was falling apart. And eventually I went in and I cried and that... 15 minute crying session in the bathroom, actually like released that like energy block that I had. Cause after that, I like went back into the room and I could do everything. Like everything was easier. And it just like goes to show how powerful the mind is, like how we view ourselves and the fear, how fear is a blockage. And also, you know, I had the the support of the choreographers and like all the other dancers that Whenever I wanted an extra rehearsal, they were there for me. And in the end, we shot that number in two days. After those two days, I felt like I had climbed like fucking Mount Everest. Like I felt like I had conquered the world. It's. I feel like besides like my wedding day and the day that I got the call for In the Heights that I had gotten the part, that day is like one of the best days of my life. That's
0: that's a crazy story. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to cry it out. Sometimes that makes all of the difference is just to get out. Like you said, sometimes it's, it's, it's fear and that that's what, you know,
1: let it out, talk it out in whatever Mm -hmm. way, you know, sometimes you just need to vent, uh, you need to scream into a pillow, you need to cry, whatever it is, but it, it, it does help. It is, you can't keep things inside. And, and I learned that that day I was like, Oh man, I've been like stressing so much that I, that I felt like I was like, like a tree trunk. Like I couldn't move, you know? And, and then after that, it just, everything kind of flowed and it was, it was awesome. But you mentioned that there's a lot of dancing and yes, there is a lot of dancing. There's, I don't, I don't even know how many like epic dance numbers in the movie, a lot of like Latin styles of dance, which is so beautiful. And it's, I think people are going to love it. It's, it's like, it's a contagious, contagiously happy film. You know,
0: that's what, that, and that, like you said, that is exactly what we need right now. Uh, I can't wait for it. I know you can't wait for it. I know everybody can't wait for it. Uh, the film is in the Heights release date will be coming. The production team's being very smart about when they're going to announce it. We're just waiting for this whole COVID business to pass. But when it comes out, you know, we'll do a re release of this episode, and y'all need to see this movie on the big screen. And like Melissa said, multiple times on the big screen. Yeah. We're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, Melissa is going to help us out with our favorite segment Give me three. All right, we're back on Film Forward here with actor, superstar, and friend, Melissa Barrera. She mm-hmm. is going to help us out with our favorite segment, Gimme Three. Melissa, are you ready?
1: I am ready.
0: Okay, let's get your first one.
1: So, first one is one of my all-time favorite movies. It is a French-Canadian film by director Denis Villeneuve. It's Incendies. And I love this movie so much because it was a play actually in Mexico city and it was very successful and I heard about it first as a play and then I realized that there was a movie and I saw it and it's just one of those movies that has twists at every turn and just keeps you on the edge of your seat and you never expect the way that it unravels. And it's genius and it's brilliant. It's it's from 2010. It's been around for a while, but I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. So if in case you haven't watched it, go and watch it.
0: It's really, really great. I discovered it late. A lot of people are familiar with Denny's you know, mo- more recent work like Blade Runner twenty forty nine and he did Arrival and stuff like that. So it was after I think it was after I saw Arrival that I discovered this movie and I was like, Whoa, this is
1: Isn't it genius? It really <sighs>
0: is. So good. I think it's my favorite film that uh, that he's done yeah, by a long agreed. shot excellent excellent first choice okay
1: my second choice I recently discovered this movie um it's not that old it's I think it's from last year or the year before it's called border do you mm. know it oh yeah oh my god so I watched it recently and it blew my mind you
0: want to talk about twists and turns yes this movie
1: exactly and it just gets you don't think it can get crazier and it gets crazier and crazier it's like you don't know I don't I don't even know what to say about it. Without spoiling, yeah, it, but it's,
0: it's 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 one you want to tread lightly on because, yeah. like you did, probably I went into this movie knowing nothing about it, and yeah. and I was happy that I did because the colder you go into it, the better. Yes, so.
1: agreed. And and the director is Ali Abbasi. It's a Swedish film. Just you know, warning that it's not in English, but it's it's amazing. It's super crazy. And you 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 just don't know. I it was I think it was in the middle of the film where the first big revelation happens that I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, have, what I was like, what have I been watching? And then it just like kept going and I was like, Oh my God, this is this is amazing. It's brilliant. I wanna make a movie like this one day.
0: Yeah, it's 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 mind blowing. It's mind blowing multiple times. It'll blow your mind. And then you thought your (laughs) mind has been blown and then it'll blow it again.
1: Uh, Yes. It just keeps blowing it over and over. It's amazing. I love it.
0: You're two for two so far. So don't let me down on the third one.
1: Okay. All right. And my, and this is a TV wreck. So my third, give me three is, uh, TV show called quicksand. I don't know if you know it.
0: This one. I don't know. Actually,
1: it's a Swedish TV show. Okay, cool. I just love watching TV from other countries. I think there's so much good content out there. Mm -hmm. I discovered this uh, show on Netflix. I forget if like someone recommended it or just like Netflix popped it up on, on my main screen and I just clicked on it. And I think I watched it all in like a day or two. Wow. It's it's insane. It's like a true crime type of thing, but I don't, I don't know. I actually, I don't know if it's based on real life. That would be, that would be fucked up. If it's, based on real life. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's so good. The acting is just, you know, so organic and the writing is, is good and everything about it, the way that it's, the story is structured and told it's, it's really, really special. And I love those kinds of shows. You know, I love, not knowing what the hell is going on until the very end, clearly, as I chose two movies that are like. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I have not explored a lot of television outside of the United States. So I think maybe this this, this will There's be so my much. my break. I I yes. love foreign films. Like love yeah. I devour foreign films. So I
1: yeah don't
0: know why I haven't and especially now with streaming platforms like Netflix and Amazon Prime is like Way easier uh, to get access to them, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into this. I will let you know what yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: you should. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. Cool. It's a good it's a good show. All
0: right, those are an excellent three: Melissa, Incendies, Border, and the TV show Quicksand. Melissa, thank you so much for doing this show. Thanks for thank being you. here uh, remotely.
1: Thank you. I'm glad we got to do this.
0: Yes, me too. Season three premiere of Vida is Sunday, April twenty sixth on Stars. Season one is available for free right now on the stars app. And you're going to love it so much that you're going to stick around for season two and three. I know it. And we will keep you in the loop with the release date of in the heights. But you know, as long as you're not living under a rock, you'll know about it. Yeah. You will know. Melissa, thank you again. And thank you all for listening. We will catch you next time on film forward. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.